We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel and Jack. We're talking about a Nets win over the Raptors, 119-116. Kyrie Irving game winner. How are we doing? 66th best player in the NBA. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Jack, that's that's very fitting because Kyrie was on one. He was dominant in that fourth quarter. He was cooking. The Nets came back from down 18 in this one. Found a way to get a win. First half wasn't great. Third quarter was awesome. We're going to jump with that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, where do you want to start? Nick, what happened in that third quarter that spurred the, the massive run that got the Nets back in the game? Because in that fourth quarter, it was the Raptors that were the ones fighting back. And they were getting some calls here or there. Scotty Barnes was playing pretty well. They were getting some calls. The Nets weren't getting some calls. The officiating, we can discuss that as well. But the third quarter run that spurred the the, the Nets' comeback, the, I think their biggest comeback this season, as you alluded yeah. to, 18 points, I think. On I the guess, road. It, we're on the road as well. They've now swept, I think, the Raptors for the first time in 27 years, something like that. But that third quarter run, talk me through it. Yeah, third quarter run. The Nets just came out with good energy. They ended the second quarter on an 8-0 run. And then in the early third, it just kind of continued. And you saw, you know, just the defense lock in, was able to get some uh, buckets in transition. Thought there was a big difference, too, in Jacques Vaughn and his coaching in the lineups he chose in that third quarter rather than the stuff we saw in the first half. You know, he went with a lot more size. You know, he went with a lot more Utah, a lot more TJ. Clax was awesome in that quarter. Kevin Durant was awesome in that quarter. They won the quarter, I think, 36 to 22. That's a pretty big deal. And then, like you mentioned, the fourth quarter, the Raptors grinded. It was 31-32. The Nets were in control until there was a mystery technical called on Kevin Durant in that fourth quarter, which was a common theme for this game where you saw just a lot of mysteries. Didn't Scotty, wasn't Scotty the one that spoke in the first, like at the very least, that's a double tech. Am I not wrong? At the very least. Like, I th- we're biased. Like We're obviously going to have inherent biases. We are a Brooklyn Nets podcast. But to me, I was just like, Scotty spoke, Katie spoke back. Kevin yeah. Rand has, I think, leads the league in technicals or is up there with Draymond Green, you know, and is close and to... And a good to, amount of them are deserved, but the one tonight wasn't. 
I don't think a lot of them are deserved because the reason why, and I've said this on the podcast, I've said this on my timeline, because the refs aren't doing their job and he's getting pissed off because he's not getting calls. He got a few calls tonight. He got some good and one plays on jumpers um, and the Nets could have got a few more. The Raptors could have got a lot less, but that third quarter run was the, the big reason why the Nets got this game. And then in the fourth, I really, it, it's interesting because we can see sometimes the best and worst of Kyrie Irving in the fourth quarters. He can go a little bit hero ball mode. He can make some you know, bad, ill-advised shots, but he was just incredible in that fourth quarter. And the shot making and the level of shot making and the passing, he was just making the right shots and making the right plays. And it was just awesome to see Yuta Watanabe with that incredible corner three against his former team. He was hyped as hell. He was dancing with Edmund Sumner on the bench. That fourth quarter was, it, it was clutch. And I think the Nets are now 11 and three in clutch situations. If I'm going by what the, the yes network is, is advising me. So they are a very good clutch team and they proved that again tonight. And Kyrie was the big reason you, you better replace the, the C in clutch with K you might as well. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie was awesome and it was disrespectful that he shot three free throws in this game, given he took a ton of shots in the paint in this one. And you have somebody on the other side, like Scotty Barnes shooting 11 free throws. I think that was just something that was really frustrating. And there was plenty of contact on a lot of these Kyrie drives where these little mid range to short range pull-ups. But like you said, you know, he was really on one. Um, I was, you know, watching the game with my wife and I was like, you know, I would probably give the ball to Kyrie on this final possession just because of the feel that he had going this game and also the way that Toronto played Durant. And you knew they were going to be physical and throw a double team and just force the ball out of his hands where you thought maybe Nurse would let let Kyrie live with that final shot. And it worked out for the Nets because he lost Van Vliet. Van Vliet was almost at the elbow by the time Kyrie took that three. So just a really good win for the Nets and continuing their momentum. And yes, Toronto was shorthanded, but they played really hard in this game. They shot really well from three in that first half, something that they haven't shot well from, you know, over the course of the last two weeks. So overall, you, you just have to be happy with the performance in the second half and the team turning up and making the adjustments too. you know, shout out to Jacques Vaughn, like I mentioned to you in the DMS in the first half, wasn't really too happy with his, his coaching and his lineups. But in that second half, he really changed things up and leaned into the net size. There was a couple, you know, maybe questionable things like playing Royce O'Neal a little bit too late in that fourth quarter, but overall really happy. And like you mentioned, your guy, Utah hitting that big three in the corner and you just knew it was going down. I, I felt it was going down as well. And it wasn't just like one, one of Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet's one where he took the pull up over Kyrie Irving and it sort of like was soft in. It splashed, man. Yeah. He's Utah six of seven tonight. Like he he is incredible, and he had a, he's had a little bit of a lull with some of his shooting, and and we've said that on on the podcast, you and I, that you know even when he's not shooting the ball well, he's still cutting, he's still rebounding, he's still playing good defense. But but man, three or four from three tonight, plus twelve on the night, led the team in that department in the twenty one minutes that he did play. The, you can't ask for much more for a guy that's on a non-guaranteed contract. I think it's January 15 or, or somewhere around early, mid-January where he can get that guaranteed. I want to sign him to the goddamn max. We can trade out Kyrie Irving. No, I'm joking. But Yuta Watanabe is he's something else, man. And the, the way that the Nets have unlocked him and the way that Jacques Vaughn has utilized him as a player and you know the way he's come back from injury. you know He's missed a couple of games here and then still been able to impact the game you know, in, from that Pacers game onwards. He is, he's clutch as hell. And Stefan No, I think it was Stefan No at Sporting News, you know, detailed the change in his three-point shooting form. Definitely check that out on his timeline. I think it's from a couple of days ago, if not maybe a week or so ago. The speed at which he shoots it now makes him very hard to defend because he's a guy that's also like 6'8". So, like, he's going to be able to... 
great wingspan, just an awesome sort of prototypical athlete. And I just love his energy. Like, yep. it, there's just, when Utah hits a shot, it feels like it reverberates through Australia, the <laughs> Northern Hemisphere, Japan, and all the way around the world. They're just, Utah Watsonabe, man. This guy is, he's something else. Yeah, I really love the play from Utah in this game where he had the deflection and then is able to get his f- hand in front of Fred Van Vliet and tap the ball over his head and then get an easy transition bucket. You know, I think that's another area, too, where we've seen the Nets struggle, specifically that Boston game and transition buckets. You saw Utah have some real success there in using his length and just doing a lot of different things in this game. Like you mentioned, Jack, you know, it was plus 12 and had 17 points and just really did his thing out there. And defensively, yeah, he got beat a couple times, but he also had an array of different assignments. You know, you saw him on Fred Van Vliet, you saw him on Scotty Barnes, you saw him on Siakam. So just some versatility in his game. And he he's really, you know, making strides as a net. And you even saw a conversation on Nets Twitter, should he be starting over Royce O'Neal? And I think that's a, that's a real discussion to have because he's doing all the things you want Royce to do and arguably at a higher level. Yeah, I think that it's it's a worthwhile discussion. I think Royston was overplayed tonight. I think he's been overplayed all season. And I think Jacques Vaughn is going to realize that, that he can, he can maybe utilize him in a greater fashion where you know you give maybe 25 minutes to Yutsu Watanabe and 25 minutes to, to Royston O'Neal or 28, 25, somewhere around that sort of range. You have TJ Warren there who's continuing to be consistent with his offense and, and surprise us with his defense. As I said um, the other day uh, with uh, Chris, Chris Mulholland and, and a few other guys have discussed that. But in in, in saying that, I also wanted to touch on the quickly another Yutsu Watsonabe play where the rap he had the, the corner three and the Raptors closed out really well and he put yep. the ball on the floor, he drove and it's just like, what's he gonna do here? Is he gonna turn the ball over? You know, some players that that would be overawed by the moment and it's, it's a really tough time late in the fourth quarter. And he collapses the defense. He has two defenders draw to him and he throws a little like a wrap around, you know, left handed pass to Ben Simmons for the dunk. That, to me, might go unnoticed and might not be on maybe Nets Twitter, but I think I definitely want to tweet that out tomorrow, try and find the video of it from NBA.com, because that was a play that shows you this guy isn't just a corner three-point shooter. This guy isn't just, you know, an energy guy. He's more than the Utah the shooter memes. He's more than the the Utah the swatter memes. This guy is a credible, quality NBA player and one of the best at a position that every single team wants. He knows how to play basketball. And we talked about this in the summer is there were some really good basketball instincts for Utah Watanabe and they stick out. And especially in this situation, I think the Nets have done a nice job of really defining his role. But like you talk about, it's a simple play, but it's really a big play because we've seen plenty of guys get run off the three point line, travel, make a bad pass, force a layup at the rim. Utah played it cool, and he's very comfortable also attacking the rim in the right situation. So reading the floor, making the right decision. You're happy with that. And I think the the scary thing with this Nets team and just looking ahead to the offseason, we've already brought this up a couple of times. It's going to be very hard to retain Utah and TJ just because both those guys are on minimum contracts right now. You wish one of them was at least on the taxpayer mid-level exception and maybe the Nets could finagle some stuff to help them guarantee to keep them. But I think moving to TJ, another really good game for him, you know, for a guy coming back who hasn't played in two two years, had 10 points, was four or six from the field, you know, two or two from the free throw line, two rebounds, plays within himself. I think there's going to be more opportunities as his minutes increase for him to get more isolation possessions and even do more on the floor. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think he's still continuing to to find his footing. And I, I was saying again, you know, Chris has done some really good reporting on, on TJ Warren has been a big fan of his. And he's sort of seeing some really positive th- things from him and seeing the sort of, you know, the minutes load is around that sort of 18 to 22 minute mark. Once it starts to creep up, it's going to strengthen the Nets rotation because... Yep. You know, TJ Warren can do a lot with the ball in his hands. Yuta Watanabe can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. And it sort of offsets some of the weaknesses in the rotation with some of the guards because Edmund Sumner, Seth Curry, Cam Thomas had four seven, uh, four minutes for Edmund Sumner, seven minutes for Seth Curry, and five minutes for Cam Thomas tonight. You know, Joe Harris had 23, you know, Royce O'Neal 32. You know, that sort of guard wing rotation where you have some more quality depth and maybe a trade will be made. I know Chris Mulholland thinks uh, uh, that one will be made, which is positive to hear, but you know, if TJ Warren continues to show what he showed, and he was out there for a solid stretch of that fourth quarter, and just having him there allows the Nets to play four or five out lines, depending if Bennett is, is out there or not, and it just unlocks the floor for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to just have space to do their things. You give Kyrie Irving space, even more so than Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, with an inch of space, can take a mile and make absolute you know gold out of it. He is insane because his handle is incredible. He knows how to get to whatever spot it is on the floor, whether it's the, the mid-range, whether it's from the line, or whether it's from three. And that's why having those guys, having the wing guys being out there is just a positive reverberating effect across the board. Yeah, just playing bigger. You know, you're just not going to be exposed. You know, we one of the issues I mentioned I had with Vaughn was some of the lineups he played, and he went small. You know, he played a lineup with essentially, you know, four really guards. It was Seth, Kyrie, Joe, and Royce O'Neal with Ben Simmons. And there's really no point in playing that when you have guys like TJ in Utah, and they're playing well. You know, and I think, as you mentioned, you know, TJ, as he kind of gets moving forward, he's just going to unlock more things and open different lineups for this team. And I think the sooner they take on that identity of being a bigger team, I think it's going to benefit them in the long run. Oh, big time, big time. But Nick, it's, I feel like we might get some listeners who give us a little bit of uh, gruff because we haven't spoken about Kevin Durant yet. And (laughs) the dude has had 28 points on 15 shooting possessions. He had 24 points on 11 shooting possessions at one point. The efficiency goat is just at it again. Turn a 15 from the field, two or three from three. Good again to see the three balls starting to turn around a little bit. Again, it's the spacing that's out there. Six to six from the free throw line, four boards. I don't know how he's, he's up and down with the, the rebounding, but three assists, a steal. Did have the five turnovers, though, but it was plus nine in the night, 28 points. I mean, Kevin Durant is just, he, he does this in his sleep. It's light work for him. Yeah, and this was, I think, his high scoring game against the Raptors this season. Um, he was able to get more shots off this game. I think they 
leaned off a little bit of the double teams they were sending as much, you know, earlier in the season, some of these previous matchups. And just getting back to another point you brought up, Jack, about the spacing, Kevin Durant can score with no space or whatever. He can score in almost any situation. But Kyrie benefits, I think, more from the space because of his ability to drive and handle the basketball where Katie... You know, you, you pass on the ball, he can hit it from that spot. No he's matter been where okay, though. I think uh, I, I'm, I've always mentioned, like, his driving has been a lot better and the purpose and aggression that he has shown there. And I think he's done a good job of utilizing the three-level scoring because he's got, like, these these nifty little left-handed, right-handed floaters that are looking okay. He had a beautiful scoop layup in this game. I yeah. think Ryan Rucco called it, like, a pepperoni pizza or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, with but, extra pepperoni. I think it was yeah. pizza with extra pepperoni, yeah. But uh, I agree. I think Durant also, and his handle doesn't look as bad when they're spaced because there's less hands in there. I mean, the guy's seven feet tall. Dribbling the basketball is going to be hard if you have multiple hands digging in. And that was a problem last year, especially in that Boston series. So the Nets roster opening up different things offensively. And it's just sometimes it just looks too easy for KD. And tonight at times it really did. It just like Pascal Siakam. Okay, I'm going to cook him real quick. And it really didn't phase him. Scotty Barnes didn't really phase him. And that's kind of just been the case. And it and it's nice to see KD and Kyrie both kind of getting in a groove and playing well at the same time. You know, that was an issue at different points last year, even early in the season. You know, they combined for 60 tonight. It seems like that's a pretty normal thing for them to do over this course of this this winning stretch. And the thing is, it, they they combined for 60, but then you got 15 from Clarks, you got 10 from Ben, yeah. you got 10 from TJ Brown, you got 17 from Yutsu Watsanabe. You, know, you you look back to the Memphis Grizzlies game, what, what what was it, like 74 or 76 or something? Or yeah. Somewhere in the mid to, to high 70s, and the Nets still lose the game. You know, that's just not going to happen. But now we are playing as a team. There is cohesion. There is chemistry. There's all these intangible things that Jacques Vaughn is leading, you know, from and and forward. And, you know, we can check out Kyrie Irving. We've, we've done that a little bit already. But I do want to get to Nick Claxton because he had a career-high six blocks tonight to go with his double-double, 15 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, also had a steal. was five of eight from the free throw line, which is something you're probably never going to see from Nick Claxton. And it was very five often. straight made free throws. I think he missed his first three so that's that's promising very pretty promising didn't miss a field goal either but clacks there's a reason why the toronto yeah clacks on clacks on not clacks off because you know in only the 26 minutes and you sort of combine with you know ben simmons 32 maybe you could have lessened ben's a little bit had you know maybe make it 29 each but the net still got the win that's all that matters but in saying that there's a reason why the raptors have always had love for nick claxton he seems to always have some semblance of a of a showing out against this team messiah jury might be willing to throw in a a bit of a juicier first uh, and uh, maybe you know og ananobi in in a deal if if nick claxton keeps doing this sort of thing again but Clax was incredible yeah two blocks on dunks in this game um, which and like that's a tough to do and it was on um who uh Coloco uh, on the Raptor. So it's like a big. So it's not even like he's just like blocking, like, I don't know, a, a guard that's going up for a dunk. Like it was the same dude went at him twice. Clax took that and said, nope. And then also you saw some of his ball handling in transition. You know, a couple of those opportunities get into the rim using that Euro step. Like Clax has been awesome. I mean, I, in my opinion, Clax has been better than Ben Simmons. So I think that's what's interesting is sometimes when Clax gets less minutes, when I think that he's just playing at a higher level and he's also just functioning more in the offense, where at times it feels like Ben's force, where Clax's fit is really just in sync. Exactly. I think that, you know. Uh, some of it with with Ben is just a, a lack of continuity. I think continuity yeah. really benefits him, and I still think he had some positive ish moments, mainly in the second half because he he struggled early, and and I think some of them were 
you know, when he was good on the dunks. And again, it was Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons again yeah. with a nice little two-man play. I love it when those guys are together out there on the floor. I think it's going to benefit when KD does sit as their can- chemistry continues to grow. You have, like, whether it's Utah or Joe, maybe to a lesser extent, Seth Curry alongside them. Uh, and maybe you add in, in, in some other person, you know, who can who can also benefit from the, the skills that Ben Simmons does have. Any. He gave away a couple fouls that were here and there that were a little bit. I'm like, okay, but I, I still think he he was quite aggressive with his defense, and some of them were just like, okay, he should have helped Kevin Durant on some occasions as well. I think this was like a a, a decent first game back performance. You know, it wasn't anything like we saw where he was going on like you know 15 to 20 point stretches where he was leading the team, and he was like, Ben Ben Simmons is the best player tonight, but. This is where Ben can still be a, a positive factor, and you know him and Royce. I still I thought Ben was probably a little bit better, just because I think he was able to affect yeah. the game a, a little bit more. So both of them coming back, and they're going to be good for the run. Yeah, I think Ben is just like it's just so much hot and cold with him. You know, it's just so many plays where you're just like, damn dude, like why are you doing that? Like some of the passes he's trying to force in transition at times, or then defensively in that fourth quarter where he's like pressing Scotty Barnes past the three-point line and ends up giving an and one layup. It's just like, it's Scotty Barnes. He's not a, a threat from that. He's not a threat from five feet behind the three-point line. I get you want to play aggressive defense, but you better make sure you don't get burned. And he got burned. And that was a big possession in this game. And it's just like, it's just frustrating with him. I think another thing that's frustrating with him is that he has to realize that he has to be aggressive with his rim pressure early in the game so it becomes a threat because he does this thing where he thinks that he's a threat but the other team isn't respecting him and it becomes four on five at times because they know he's going to pass the ball because he's not even looking at the rim. But like you mentioned, there were some good moments between him and Kyrie Irving, especially when he had that nice dunk in there. It's also just like you can tell his athletic pop is just not the same. I don't know if it will be the same this season. It'll be something that happens next year, if it'll never happen. But he's just lacking that extra gear that really made him Ben Simmons, especially from an offensive perspective. Even in transition, we've you're just so we've talked about this before. There's so many times where you're used to seeing Ben just like go to the rim and try to dunk on somebody. And it was like him and Fred Van Vliet in transition, he backed the ball out. Yeah, there's there's times where I saw that when he was having a a, a solid string of games together. Now I'm no Ben Simmons stand, you know, I've, I've, both of us have had plenty of criticisms for him, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because we have seen very positive stretches from him. I am seeing, while again, I'm, we're not seeing the fullest athletic pop from him. You know, you could say the same thing about like Kawhi Leonard, but he's still affecting the game in, in, in a very big margin. Well, so the, the, fact big, this, the good thing for Kawhi is that he's superior skilled where yeah, yeah, no, doesn't have no, no, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm just sort of saying in terms of both of them, they're doing their that they're finding their footing and it's yep. still, you know, we're thirty games into the season. You know, come April towards the end of the season, if Bennett gets a, a couple of, you know, twenty game stretches under his belt, you know, rest a couple of back to backs, then let's do a better job there. Then I think come the postseason and you, know, you, you figure out the sort of lineup stuff, maybe a trade is made, you know, around the margins. I still think Ben can be a, a big part of the net success going forward. And he already has. You know, tonight I still think, you know, he wasn't great, but he was by no means awful. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, I don't think he was awful. It was just really those 50-50, hot and cold, nothing like – I'm not happy with the game, but I'm not like super upset. I think I'm more upset with some possessions in the game. Yeah, and, and, and that's – you know the possessions make up the game. The, the little things during the 82-game season, I always say this, literally make all the difference in the world. But Nick, who did you want to get through next? Uh, let's go with, I guess, Royce O'Neal, not to continue with the negative, but it was a rough game for Royce. Zero points, all four from the field, all four from the three. Uh, he did have seven rebounds and three assists and did have three turnovers, but defensively wasn't good. It just, he wasn't providing much of an impact out there. No. And first game back sort of vibes. He can, he's so hot and cold. You know, I revealed the stat the other day. I don't remember it, but it was like basically half his games. He's either above 40% or 43% or he's like under 32%. So it's either like Royce is super hot or he's super cold. And, you know, he was unfortunately a little bit chilly in Toronto tonight, but I still think again, good for the run. I want to see him use less and see if he can have a greater effect because I think a lot of these guys, whether it's Kevin Durant, you know, at early points in the season, you know, Katie can handle it because he's Kevin Durant. He, he, he'll play 47 minutes a night and, and still be an absolute monster. But Royce O'Neal is a role player. He, you want him to be your fourth or fifth best player out there. And, you want to have him out there for positive defensive stretches. You want him to be out there as a spacer so he's got you know, his legs under him. And I still think he's being overplayed. And even tonight, I thought he was probably overplayed. So Jacques Vaughn, there's a, a little bit of work to do around the margins. But the fact that we have all these pieces and things to manage is a is a positive luxury, if, if, if you understand that. Yeah, I mean, I think like you're saying, Jack, it's like you'd be better off in a smaller role and coming off the bench in more of an advantage type situation where it's just like there's guys playing better than him and he's not, you know, the fifth best player in the net. So it's like at some point, I think you're going to have to look at putting him on the bench and replacing him with Utah or TJ Warren or, you know, as people mentioned, maybe like keeping Joe Harris in the starting lineup made more sense because yeah. Joe is more effective as a starter. I think we saw some stats where he just doesn't shoot as well. It's harder to probably find his rhythm. I, mean, I put those stats out, Nick. Thank you very much. Oh, you I did? Put, it was you. Okay. I, I did the research the other day. Well, okay. oh, Jack, I, I've had a I, rough week, so. <laughs> uh, mate, I'll, I'll forgive you. We're, we're ending the week on a high with this one. But I, I agree. I think that there can be some experimentation. You know, you alluded to, to you to what's an Arbe, Joe Harris, these sort of things. And you know, maybe you know Nick Claxton or Ben Simmons don't start. You, you bring them off the bench. Royce and Neil, the same sort of thing. But any other thoughts, I guess, about the, the rest of the guys, Nick, you know, whether it's Joe Harris and stuff, but I've, I've got an after. I've actually got a, a few little stats to sort of pick apart and we can discuss too before we end this one. I think just a quick note on the guards is just like you see how negative they can be sometimes, you know, just with their lack of two-way play. You know, and that's Seth Curry, that's uh, Cam Thomas, and Edmund Sumner, it's less defense and more offense because of his lack of three-point shots. So it's like it's hard to really have those guys out there at times. And if and I hate to say this because I enjoy watching Seth Curry, but like if he's not knocking down his jumpers, his defense is so bad, it's really hard to keep him on the floor. And the same thing with Cam Thomas. If Cam isn't providing a, a positive offensive impact, his defense isn't good. So it's just like it's really tough, and I think that's why they've been a major discussion over this three-day break of guys that could potentially be traded. And I think it could be traded for uh, another wing player or even just – a more of a two-way guard than what's currently, you know, with this team. Yeah, it's uh, the hot and cold sort of scenario when it comes to to Seth Curry and like how much both of of him and and Cam Thomas's defense 
you know, or lack thereof um, can be offset by you know their offensive talent and, and unfortunately you know tonight it just it just wasn't the case and the Raptors aren't the the best matchup for them you know they're a team that's full of six eight guys that can exploit them in a big big way but yeah it's it's something to to, to monitor and you know the trade season has officially begun it's it's the early points of it it's like you know, if we're talking about you know comparing it to the festive season, it's just past Thanksgiving. You know, we'll yep. temper the expectations. Still a, a long, long way to go. But you know, Seth Curry, Cam Thomas, you know, Chris, you know, mentioned them as as two big candidates that could be up for trade. You know, Joe Harris maybe, but I, I think he'd be better uh, kept in, uh, unless you can upgrade with a Kyle Kuzma or, or yeah, someone. Yeah, and I think those caliber. with Joe is like he even his defense isn't great, but he still provides more two way value. And I think He's still six 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 seven. Yeah. Compared to like six one, six two, I think Cam might actually be six four, but he plays like a guy that's six one. Yeah, and I think Joe's more willing to do the dirty work than those two. You know what I mean? Like you're more likely to see Joe Harris diving for a loose ball or trying to box somebody out. I think Jock Vaughn talked about his boxing out earlier in the season. You know, not even early in the season, just a week or two ago. So, uh, a real positive. Big time, big time. But the, the stats I wanted to allude to, Nick, were the shooting splits. The Nets shot 9-26 from the three-point line, but finished tonight 60.5% from the field, which means they shot over, they shot 74% on twos. 74%, Nick. I did the math, and I'm correct on this. I'm a, I'm a teacher. You can you can go and, and, and figure it out for yourselves. Well, you know what's crazy is the Nets didn't even hit 10 threes in this game, and I want to. And against Washington, it was the same thing. They didn't yeah. shoot well from three either, and they still won the game. And that's not something we've been able to say about the Nets over the course of the last couple of seasons. It's not really something you could say about many NBA teams unless they're playing lockdown defense. And the Nets weren't uh, bad defensively in this game because I think the first half they probably were, but in the second half they were good. It's just like. They're just finding ways to win and playing good basketball, and they're starting to really develop and find areas where they can be impactful. And another night where they win the boards, you know, yeah. 44 to 38, and that's real progress for this team. And even in points in the paint, 50 to 56, not bad. Um, you're just really happy to see them find different ways to win, and that's just like the the makeup of a good basketball team, and that's what the Nets are developing into. Yeah, beat you in in more than one way. There's a, a an unpredictability unpredictability about them. You know, 22 uh, assists on 46 field goals. You know, that, that's a a good sort of ratio that you want to have. Obviously, you got ISO Kings um, in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and to a lesser extent TJ Warren. But it's just the the way that this team is forming and developing. You know, they're not peaking. You know, the Boston Celtics had a, a really the highest of highs, and we're, we're getting all the the plaudits. They had a little bit of a dip. I just like the way that the Nets are going now, and the, they're going under the radar a little bit, which is good. They're only three games behind the Bucks. They're four games behind the Boston Celtics. They're only one game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're 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 doing their thing, and the, I, I think that they are low key developing into a very quality outfit. And I think I tweeted it out this morning that they're one of the few teams in the league that are both top six in both defensive points per possession and offensive points per possession. And the other teams that are in that are like the Phoenix Suns, Memphis, you've got the Grizzlies Celtics. and the Pelicans, the, the yeah. Celtics and the Pelicans. You know, the, the Nets are 
a two-way team. And it's funny because I was, as I was sort of looking at these stats, I was reflecting to our our preview sort of stuff. I know we're rambling a, a little bit here, but we're on the high of the win. You know, <laughs> both of us have, uh, have had a hell of a week. But in saying that, you know, I predicted, and and I think you were similar with me that I'm like, this Nets team has the cattle to be a top twelve-ish sort of defense. Yep. And our predictions are sort of coming to fruition when you've got Ben Simmons at his best, Royce, and you know, Kevin Durant's playing incredibly. Kyrie Irving's been really positive, apart from a few mistakes here or there, and you're lessening the minutes from the guard where they can be exploited. You know, Nick Claxton is having an incredible defensive season. You know, absolutely insane. It's a, it's a joke that he's not on the defensive player of the year list. But in saying that, I just I love the identity of this team. It's 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 multifaceted, which makes you a much better team and much harder to defend. And just uh, unpredictability is a good thing as a basketball team. Yeah, I think especially KD and Clax have just been so good defensively that it's really just changed the team. And you can see the difference when they are on the floor and when they aren't on the floor. And then when they are on the floor together, just because of the length they provide. And we kind of talked about this, something we really echoed on a lot last season was their ability to help and recover because of their length, especially with Clax and his athleticism. And that's just an element that this Nets team has lacked in the past. And having those two guys doing it at a high level is going to change your defense. Yeah. And it's why part of me is like, man, like, as much as I understand if a trade would be made if it was a significant upgrade, there's just something about the intangible element of having two really, really quality athletic defenders. So, But in, in saying that, Nick, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? The the Nets are up. It's 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 good times in Nets world. It's good times. It is good times, and hopefully you know, this continues to happen and they continue to put these wins together. We know there's a big matchup coming up against the Bucks in about a week or so. Uh, that Warriors matchup, not as exciting given Steph will be out, but still something to look forward to. Jack, always a pleasure. Happy to be back, and big thanks to everybody for listening. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.